Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. And with me today is author Andrew Cap. Andrew wrote the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. And when I saw that title, I was intrigued because we've been having this podcast for five years and we still haven't finished. So <laughs> it's fun that you wrote a book. Andrew, say hi to everyone. Uh, hi, everyone. Gary, thank you so much for having me. And, and thanks to everyone listening. I'm really excited for wherever this conversation might take us. Well, that's the whole point of this. It's just a conversation between two people who are interested in the law of attraction. It's a fascinating subject, and we'll see where it goes. We might as well start with this inspiration you had to write this book. Where'd that come from? You know, it's it's interesting. The, the story behind what inspired the book actually happened, you know, 11 or maybe 10 years before the actual book was written. Um, <clears throat> I, I just like anyone else that's ever learned about the law of attraction, most people, I've had my successes and failures. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. And uh, I remember hitting a wall back in 2008 where I lost my company and my girlfriend all in the same week, within three days of one another. Obviously, another, neither being my choice, and at that point, even though the law of attraction kind of worked, I was at finally the point where I was stubborn and indignant. And I told myself, I don't care how this works, when it works or why it works. I'm going to go all in finally and try to make something happen because something isn't working. So, and when I say all in, I don't mean I'm going to do this 24 seven. I mean, I'm committing five or 10 minutes every single day, no matter what, yeah. just towards engaging in that process because I knew it could handle five or 10 minutes. And I'll tell you, Gary, what, what happened was nothing short of miraculous and that Two weeks later, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Three months later, I'm in a new relationship, a brand new healthy one. Four months later, I'm making more money than ever before in my life before then. And six months later, like everything's different. I'm the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. And it was only years later where I was making a decision of like, what do I do next in my own career as an entrepreneur that I'm not going to get bored with? That like when an email comes in from somebody asking something, I'm going to be excited about answering them and engaging with them. And I view the law of attraction as such a grand topic because there have been so many books and because there's been so much around it. So it really was a place it took me a while to get to where I had to ask myself, can I articulate this in a way that will hopefully motivate, inspire people just enough that they do this one more time, give it one more shot long enough where they finally get a result. And then it won't even be the book teaching them. It'll be their life experience teaching them. Yeah. Um, it is words don't really teach, but life experience teaches. And a book like this, where you have uh, experiments that you can do and experiences that you can do. What captivated me was when, you know, your person contacted me with the title of this book and my ego was saying, that's ridiculous. You can't sum up law of attraction in a book. And then I went to Amazon and saw all the reviews you had, which are astounding. And I read, 30, 40, 50 of them. And I don't think I've seen a book that had such glowing reviews. Like people mm. are totally into this book. Yeah. Yeah. So how long, myself, did, honestly. how long did it take to write it? Well, here's the funny thing. There, there's two answers to that. One answer is 16 years because yeah. I knew about the law of attraction. I had my trials and tribulations. But when I finally decided to, to put this on paper, I spent a month just putting random notes together. And then I took nine and a half weeks. Yeah. So overall, the actual writing process was fairly fast. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's yeah. how it works. When you're inspired, the, 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 it just flows. Yes. And you get into this flow state 
And as a teacher that you are, obviously, you're just receiving ideas and it's all just coming together. Yeah. And Which, yeah, just shows you that nothing needs to be efforted or struggled when it's right. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, no. and one thing, just real quick to speak to the title, because I knew certain people were going to be like, what, you know, what the heck is this? Um, I was very intentional in the title, like the last one you'll ever need to read in the sense that, you know, some people will, will always find something in other books, but all I wanted was a book that just finally pushed people enough that when they use the law of attraction, if you want to read another book, fine, but you'll never actually need to. And the real point the book actually makes is it teaches you that even the book before this one, you don't need to read another one. Like as long as you have some book that gives you any kind of decent layout of the techniques that you can use, as long as you're inspired to use it, hopefully my book did that, that's really all you ever need in order to then enjoy your life using it. I watched one of your videos and it was about, do you doubt the law of attraction? And you had the great analogy with the, you know, working out and building your muscles. And you go to the gym and you work out and you build your muscles and it doesn't matter where, what you believe or you just do the thing and however it happens, you have stronger muscles because of this. Yes. And, but it's the ego saying, you know, don't go into the gym. You're going to get laughed at. The ego wants you to stay the same. Yeah. And the, the ego, it's, it's such a funny thing. And, and I'm kind of make sure to mention this to people because when people hear it, all of a sudden there's a resistance to the ego. I think <laughs> your ego loves you. It, um, it's right. just doing this out of, out of uh, its way of protecting you. It's misguided way, but it's a way of protecting you because, you know, again, the ego doesn't care about your comfort or your satisfaction or your fulfillment. It just knows that you're alive right now. So why would it risk you becoming rich and famous when there might be a psycho stalker who's a threat to your survival? Why would it risk you winning the lottery when then family is going to come out of the woodwork or whatever imaginary scenario is going to come up with and try to take your money? So all the ego knows is, okay, you're alive right now. I don't care if you're happy. I'm going to sneak in like the devil on your shoulder and whisper whatever I need to to keep you stuck in place because that way you're safe. Yes. The ego wants to keep you safe. Doesn't care if you're happy. Yes. And actually, law of attraction doesn't care if you're happy either. Law of attraction is going to come to give you whatever you need to move you along your journey one way or the other. So it's up to you to thank your ego for keeping you safe, but do it anyway. Yes. Yeah. Do it anyway. And hopefully do something that's fun. Cause I think that's the key part. The ego is going to, it's always going to be strong. It's always going to be convincing, but it's going to have a much more difficult time talking you out of something. If it's something that you look forward to, if it's a choice rather than a chore. That's yeah. why I always try to find like, what's a, a law of attraction method, whether it's a gratitude exercise or a visualization, what's the one thing that works for that one person in particular that they actually look forward to it. So it doesn't even matter if they get the quote unquote law of attraction result. They just get that enjoyment in the moment and then they're motivated to do it every single day for just a few minutes without any worry about, about it. Well, just what you said in your video is it's not about the results. The results will never give you what you need. It's always about what's enjoyable to do in the moment. Yeah. And that's, you know, what Joshua talks about finding your interests and your passions, because in the pursuit of your passions, you're doing what's enjoyable. The singer who sings because it's enjoyable is doing it not to get famous or to get rich, but because that's what brings them pleasure. And then whatever comes to them is a result of the pleasure of that. 
But if they do it just to be famous, it'll always be empty. And, th- and this is yeah. why you see a lot of famous people fail because they think that once they get the fame or the money, that they'll be fulfilled. It's, you are always fulfilled in the doing of that thing that brings you joy. Yeah, it, it's, it's the weirdest catch 22. And it's often the most frustrating one for a law of attraction seeker, so to speak, to, to kind of encounter. Because, you know, logic tells us you do this to get the result. Whereas it's this ironic twist of fate where if you do it to enjoy it, that will indirectly lead to the result. Yeah. And if you go after the results, you're just short circuiting the whole process. Um, yes. Even though you can effort in your struggle, your way to anything you think you want, it's never going to have the feeling. So it's always about the feeling all the way through the process. And the feeling has to be joy or love or something like yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I view joy as almost like a, a strategy, by the way, like joy can be a result and an outcome, but it's also simultaneously a strategy. That, that's my, the way my mind works is, okay, since this law of attraction thing is constant, no matter what, what can we strategically do to be in harmony with it? And I think, well, then what are the little things that you can do to have small experiences of, of joy or fulfillment? Because that in and of itself, besides being a fun thing in the moment, will invite, in my view, a lot more of those and a lot better of those continuing joyous, joyous moments. Absolutely, because what you're putting out is the experience of something. So if you're stuck in victimhood, you're trying to fix these problems and you're efforting and you're complaining and you're whining, and that's, what you're, that's the vibration you're putting out. And so the law of attraction brings you more things to complain about. So you mm-hmm. turn the other cheek, so to speak, and you say, well, what are the experiences that can bring me joy? A lot of that is service to others or service to something higher than you, uh, or even just spending a little time focusing on what you're grateful for and what you appreciate in your life that you have right now. Yeah. And there's, there's, by the way, there's an endless list of things. I mean, if people like right now, they're probably listening to this and they're like, well, it's hard thinking of things to be grateful for. I would start with the device that you're listening to this on. Yeah. If it's your phone or it's a computer, whatever they are, these are the things by which you get email, by which you communicate with people, by which you can um, research resources, by which you can listen to Gary and to Joshua. Like but all these things, it's like a wonderful gift. Then it's your ears to listen to this, your brain to process this, your heart, every, every part about your body that's working in service to you. It's so easy to be grateful for things that you always have right in front of you every single day. Do you have techniques in the book that people can do that will help them get in alignment in this, in this area? Oh yeah. Without, in fact, you know, if I may, I'm, I'm happy to teach one of my favorite ones from the book right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I call this the time-lapse method and this is um, a gratitude exercise. It's a very simple process and everyone listening, because they understand law of attraction, they'll get where I'm coming on this. But what you're going to do is you're going to write down a list of 15 things that you're grateful for. And I say 15 because you can divide it in three. If you want to do nine, that's fine or whatever, but we're going to take five from your past that you're grateful for, five from your present that you're grateful for, and five that you want in your future that, of course, you'll be grateful having. And the trick is you're going to phrase every single one of these in the present tense, and then you're going to jumble up the list. So maybe the first thing on the list is a future item, and then a past, and the present. It's all mixed up, right? And the cool thing about this is you're going to go through the list, reading one at a time, taking 20 to 60 seconds to feel gratitude, two thirds of that list has actually occurred. And since we don't downshift very easily, you're basically carrying over a certainty and confidence of all those things 
while you're also reading the future ones, thereby infusing a lot more vibrational momentum, a lot more happiness, a lot more confidence and certainty and momentum into those future ones along with it. And besides the point of all that, it's just a fun experience because you end up feeling really good after going through a list of 15 things that you're happy about. How did you become an expert in this? Um, so, so it's funny. I don't consider myself an expert in law of attraction other than I'm willing to do it every day. I do consider myself an expert in articulating why I've had difficulty in the past, how I've gotten around it, and how I hopefully can help other people do the same. Um, I think we're all experts in the sense that we we know what it's like, we know what we've been through, and I think the only difference between, you know, math is have you found a way managing yourself to finally get around whatever things are preventing you from doing the methods on a regular basis because someone uh, emailed me the other day and she's like i'm thinking about quitting law of attraction and i wrote her back i'm like listen that's nice but you can't quit law of attraction it's happening what you can quit is you can quit the intentional uh processes by which you try to engage the law of attraction but you can't quit law of attraction. It's happening whether you like it or not. So you might as well be strategic about it. You might as well do something in service to yourself and others. Yeah, you can't quit gravity. Yes, <laughs> can't quit gravity at all. <laughs> okay. Some days we'd like to, but then other days we'd probably be really glad that we couldn't because gravity holds a lot of things in place for us that we often <laughs> don't even appreciate or realize. I, like you, last, well, not last, what happened to me was, you know, my whole life was going to college and going to business and um, trying to be successful in order to prove that I was somebody and that I was worthy and also to try and get people to appreciate me and like me and accept me and all that stuff. And I did it and failed and then did it again and got very successful, you know, like you would think uh, exactly what, you, what the standard American dream would be, had all that stuff. And then 2000 eight happened and lost it all. And I had to start from scratch. And in that, uh, my best friend, Deborah Joe brought me the secret and I just was consumed by it. I resonated with it right away, listened to it over and over and over again. And then in my library found asking is given by Abraham Hicks, went to some workshops mm -hmm. and then started meditating. Then Joshua came through and I've been on this seven year journey since then that, um, started to approach life in a conscious way where I understood that I was the creator of my reality. Now, of course, in the beginning, I didn't understand what was happening, but I was, now that I had looked back, I was on a spiritual journey to get to this place where I know more and have more clarity than ever before. And that I'm, I'm actually living my purpose. And my purpose is to teach and serve. Whereas before I was trying to fill holes that I thought existed in me. And so I went from everything being about me to everything being about we. And so my, this podcast is all about other channels and other people who wrote books and were interested in the subject to get all of the information out there, not just Joshua, but everything. Because this is where we're going. We're going away from this fear-based approach to life of making it all about you to a love-based approach to life, to realizing that you're the creative reality and then you can serve others, which is what you are doing. And in that you get everything you need because the law of attraction gives you everything you need to do whatever you need to do when you need to do it, whether that's something positive or negative, it doesn't matter.
Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so you had that, that event that caused you to reassess your entire life and you were inspired enough to make a decision to chart a new course and look where you are. This is what's yes. available to all of us. Yeah. It is. And, you know, I think the thing is, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth and, and I'm speaking for myself here, but I think there's, there's ways you hit certain rock bottom moments that make it easier to say, finally, all right, I'm just going to do this. But I think the beauty is you don't have to hit a rock bottom moment. You just have to be motivated enough in some way, shape or form to find something that you enjoy enough that you can just do every day, in my opinion, for even just five minutes, just five minutes a day that, you know, I mean, listen, 10 minutes might get you there quicker. It might not, but five minutes a day, I found in my experience, is all you really need just to get you where you need to go and get you in that positive, uh, that positive direction that's going to get you everything that you want. So where did you learn the word law of attraction or the term law of attraction? You know, I, I learned it probably about two years before The Secret came out. And it was basically one term of many, one modality of many when I was just researching um, any facet of personal development I could because I was running my own business. And I think, you know, when you have to kill your own dinner, so to speak, oftentimes you seek out things that, how do I improve as a person? How do I invite abundance? How do we do all these things? Law of attraction was one modality of many that I discovered in a huge mix of just information consumption. But that one always stuck out to me as something that there was, there was just something to it. There was something to the dynamics of it and the accessibility of it. That again, I, I tried here and there, I, I succeeded and I failed. I never went all in until finally I did but it was always enough to keep me interested where I'm like, there's gotta be something to this because I notice when I start to be grateful, things start to happen and then I get lazy. Then that ego kicks and says, Hey, you need to do today. But I had noticed that in all the times when I would engage in this process, even if there wouldn't be big results fast, there would be some kind of result fast. Like the, the manifestational raindrops that I talk about. Mm, what are the manifestational raindrops? Right. So the, the way I describe that is, you know, I think anyone could relate to being outside when it's like a little overcast, a little cloudy, and they feel like a slight little tingle on their skin, like just the hairs of their skin from the moisture. And then a few seconds later or a minute later, now that's showing up on their clothes, all of a sudden they can hear the rain on the ground. All of a sudden, it's like before they know it, they're drenched. But the thing is the that little speck, that little subtle that you drop that wasn't a sign that it might be storm that was basically telling you the storm was inevitable from that very moment which is why i think someone that wants to be a millionaire when they find a penny on the street that's a raindrop telling them that basically it's um it's inevitable that it's going to happen for them and the only question is are they going to hold up an umbrella of resistance because mm -hmm. the universe is going to shower abundance on you no matter what it's really only up to you if you're going to allow it in and enjoy it yeah that's great you know it just occurred to me that little tingly feeling is goosebumps. It's when I resonate with something, I feel this wave of goosebumps and I see that through other people too, which is the sign that you're on the right track, yes. so to speak, yeah. And so these, this umbrella of resistance is what? It's you doubt, it's you looking at the penny and telling yourself, this means nothing. It's you losing that one pound and saying, this is not the 70 pounds that I need to lose. It's basically you discounting any positive indication, which therefore is another way of sending out the signal of not having what you want. Whereas instead you should be looking at every little thing just as your excuse 
to be grateful and to be enthusiastic, if nothing else, as a strategy, remember joy being your strategy, to invite that thing all the better and all the faster. I'll tell you, in my, you know, that whole period of time where I just committed and made things happen, there was a seven-week period within that stretch of six months where I lost 25 pounds without trying. And I mean, I didn't just sit around doing nothing. I mean, I was working out with Sensei, but I wasn't working out with Sensei to lose weight. I was working out with Sensei to feel better about myself. I just happened to look at the scale one day and I'm like, oh my God, I lost 25 pounds. Things will happen. And you know this, and people listening know this, things will happen almost automatically without you even realizing that they already had happened. And that's the beauty of the raindrop. When you say like that one little indicator, it's like, okay, this is great. This is just the universe whispering in my ear saying, keep going because you're onto something now. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the hardest thing to do because with all of that comes these limiting beliefs that you've adopted along the way that are always there actually limiting you. It's like, they're not real things. They're not true. You are good enough. You are enough. You are the creator of your reality. You do deserve full abundance and freedom. You are here to expand. You can expand in joy or in suffering, whatever's your choice, but you are whole already. The limiting belief is saying that you're not. And that's the yes. tricky part is to understand that, that limiting belief is just a belief that doesn't have a lot of information in it. When you have the information, then you have, don't have the limiting beliefs. And the way you fill the information in those limiting beliefs is having these experiences and having faith that they're all working towards a greater good that you deserve. Yes. Yeah. And, and leaving room for the miraculous to happen. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when people, when they buy my book and, you know, I give them a link to get free bonuses and they sign up for free bonuses, I'll send them some emails. And one of my favorite emails to send is a video from, I don't know, maybe 1998 from a, a New York Yankee named Paul O'Neill. He was always a hothead. He always reacted really poorly when he, when he got out. And this video, basically, it shows him hitting a home run without realizing it. He swings the bat. He hits the ball. It looks like a foul and he slams the bat down and he begrudgingly runs to first because you're supposed to run out the balls. But what he didn't realize is while he's running begrudgingly, it went over the wall <laughs> and he was almost like embarrassed. He had to like keep running around the bases. It, it's so funny though, to watch his reaction, to watch him hit the ball, slam the bat down in disgust. And within three seconds, he actually hit the home run. He didn't even realize it. And I think oftentimes people energetically and vibrationally hit home runs without realizing it but they don't have the luxury of seeing the ball go over the wall two seconds later. They have to really just more trust in the process and continue to just keep going in that direction because then they'll end up rounding the bases a lot faster and a lot more efficiently and hopefully in a lot more joyous way. One thing we talk about a lot is inspiration and we're receiving inspiration all the time. And if the inspiration in your imagination leads to what you think you want, you'll push past whatever fear comes up and you'll do this thing. Uh, but if you don't know what that inspired idea is going to lead to, you'll let the fear block you. And we do this exercise in the bootcamp where you, you are a famous journalist and it's five years in the future and you're, you have to reach out to someone in the group and interview them, write an article about them, and then post that article in our group. And so of the 100 people in the group, maybe 30 people will do it. If I had said that I'll give you $10,000 for writing that article, 
everyone would do it because you have this outcome that you think you want. But really the acting mm -hmm. on this inspiration, getting up there, swinging the, the bat and having faith that with enough swings, it's gonna go over the wall at some point, you'll get there. This is the, that's the whole process. But people say, oh, I swung once, I quit. You know, it's not worth it. It's not gonna happen. It's so yeah. interesting, but that they, they really don't see is, the value in the swing. It's the value of the swing and not the outcome. A hundred percent. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, and the cool thing is like, you know, the beauty of the swing is if you don't hit the home run right away, you literally want to remind yourself that it's because you're about to hit a grand slam. You're like hitting the home run when it's no, like missing the home run when there's no score and nothing going on and plenty of game left is not nearly as sweet as hitting a grand slam when you're down by three at the bottom of the ninth in the World Series. Like, wouldn't you rather miss in the first inning if it means you get that grand slam when it really counts? And I think that's the way life works. If you're missing at that point, it's only because the universe has a grand slam waiting for you. You just got to follow through and give it, give it the benefit of the doubt and trust and enjoy the process and your life as much as you can within the confines of the journey while you're getting there. Well, I mean, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard because it's, it's only about this journey and it's not about getting the things you think you want right now because the universe has a far more elegant plan for you. It's just about showing up and having faith and not being attached to any certain outcome or attached to what it means about you. I was a professional poker player for seven years and when I started, I didn't know anything and so I got in these tournaments and I got knocked out. And my goal was not to be the first person knocked out the next time and to get a little further and to finally make a final table and, or finally cash and then make a final table and then win a tournament and then win player of the month and on and on and on. And as I look back on it now, the whole experience was absolutely perfect. It was brilliant, exactly how it worked. I wouldn't have changed one thing in that, but in the moment, I was always bemoaning the fact that I lost this hand or that someone got lucky or I got knocked out. And I was just so frustrated all the time. And I had to teach myself, no, something bigger's coming. Something bigger's coming. It's going to be more fulfilling when it comes. And then I had these amazing experiences that came because of that mindset. Yes. That's, yeah. that's awesome to hear. And I, and the fun, the, the funny part is people often don't realize that I put myself in this category until after the fact. And it almost becomes a thing where to the best of our ability, we just want to listen to people that have been through it and tell us, trust me on this and just try. Because like the way I view it, it's like, listen, some things are going to happen faster than others. Like me, I have um like close to 900 subscribers to my YouTube channel right now. And I want a million. And of course, after I hit a million, I want more than that. But I don't look at the 900 now and be like, this, this is not enough. I'm grateful for every last person because I think, well, this is a unique human being that's choosing to invest their time and energy into consuming my videos, why wouldn't I be grateful for them? Why am I gonna let the, this, this specific piece stop me because I'm not at a million people yet? It's, it's almost like a ridiculous thing. Sometimes we, 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 we set this goal, which I think you know, big goals are fine, but if they keep you from enjoying the little stuff in the meantime, that's basically you saying, I'm not gonna enjoy my life, whether it takes a year or 10 years or even one month or whatever, in that period before I get that goal. It's like, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You want to enjoy whatever you can in the meantime, understanding that what you want is going to come, but you've got to enjoy life in the meantime until it gets there. Yes, well, that's 
perfectly said, I wrote my first book seven years ago, six and a half years ago. And I thought that it was going to be a 5 million copy bestseller. But looking back over what exactly has happened since then, there's been four more books since then and all the stuff that's happened, all the events and all the, and, and these two podcasts and uh, the boot camp and all the different things we're doing is I had to go on my journey to get to a place where I could properly explain what that book was. Mm. And it's not till now that I understand what those books are and what the boot camp is and what the events are and, and all that stuff. And I had to do start out with these, the one-on-one, start out with working with individuals for the boot camp and building the circle of this family really all over the world that has now, and that is far more satisfying than the million people who would have, five million people who would have read the book. Uh, having this connection is what I truly wanted. And what I've realized is that the people that come to Joshua's information are unique and they're at, at a certain level and they're ready for something far more specific. It's not for everyone. And as we come into 2020 and there's so many different YouTube channels and so many different books and different podcasts, you don't have to have that million. The million isn't gonna be better necessarily. Mm-hmm. When you're ready for it, and if that's part of your journey, it'll come. And as long as you just do what you're inspired to do and you're pushing past fear, then you'll go wherever you need to go. But who's to say from our limit perspective that that goal that we have in mind is better than what is actually coming? Yes. Yeah. And so, so if you have a goal, and we've stopped doing goals altogether, if you have a goal, what happens is if it seems like you're going along and your goal's coming out, you'll use that as an excuse to feel good. Mm. But if something happens that doesn't seem like it's going where you think it should go, you use it as your excuse to come out of alignment. And out of this alignment, you are not engaging the law of attraction of the universal laws to bring you what you came here to explore. You're going off in a detour exploring who you're not. And you can do that as long as you want, but it's not benefit it's not you don't need to do that anymore you've done that enough yeah i love that perspective i really do and it's funny as i hear you say that i i couldn't agree more even though i said i want like a million subscribers i am not the dependent on the outcome of a million i'm using that as my as a kind of like a northern star with the understanding that if i'm taken off track in a good way then i'll follow that new thread but if not it's more like a thing just to keep me a little bit focused as long as i'm having fun yeah and i also by the way gary i love what you use the words when you're ready because that really carries a lot of weight that most people don't think about. Like me, I'm independently published and I answer every email that ever comes into me. I've got to build up. I can't go from zero to a million subscribers because I won't be able to help all the people that email me. I've got to grow into it. And I've got to realize that, listen, you know, 900 subscribers is good right now and 1800 will be good. And I have to grow in and make sure I'm serving people and not letting them down and not dropping the ball. So I, I love your term of when you're ready because it's so true and you can still enjoy yourself and be fulfilled even though you're not ready for that quote unquote end destination that may or may not come. Yeah. At some point you personally won't be able to answer all the emails. You'll have maybe a, maybe a support system there that will be of people that know enough that they can answer emails from their perspective that will be of service to those people. 
But in this meantime, you get to enjoy the one-on-one -on -one interaction and feel that feeling of service to these people. And, yes. and then you'll evolve to new levels because what happens is you are here to be a teacher. You are here to bring people from this awareness that they're not victims, that they are the creators, the reality, that they have, there's a system designed to bring them everything they truly want. And that is really this fulfillment of humanity's destiny to move from fear to love. And you're, you're part of this movement. At some point, you will realize that in order to be more effective, you'll have to grow. And you'll be willing to grow, even though it'll be scary. And your eagles say, no, you can't, who are you, that sort of thing. But that you also have the ego that says, I could have a million subscribers easily. I could sell a million copies easily. This is where I am destined. Mm -hmm. I can see myself up there, right? But not from a place of ego, meaning it means anything about you, but from a place of service. Yes. I... I am powerful enough to do these things and I'm doing it for the benefit of all. So you perfectly balanced with humility. You don't get overblown. Like we see so many leaders get, get big and then fall apart because they're just doing it for the ego aspect I of could, it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it, it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people, we still, we find ourselves coming from this place of what the numbers mean about us. Oh, and, that's so you know, old school. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a very dangerous trap to kind of throw yourself into. It's like, well, what do I mean about the numbers? Like, what am I bringing into this? Yeah. And um, I really appreciate the affirmation. I couldn't agree with you more. This is about, listen, you, you're taking it in stride, taking it one step at a time. And I know for me, even personally, like there'll come a point where I will evolve in my mindset and approach where it won't even be just a thing where I have other people to answer emails. But I'm confident that in that time, I will sort out a way to serve those people in an extra way where they won't even need to ask as many questions or, you know, th things I'm basically going to learn and evolve in a way that's going to serve people on a grander level, even when I'm not in that one-to-one -one touch point situation with them. And exactly. I'm excited for that. And I'm, there's no rush when it happens, it happens until then. I'm so at ease about the whole thing, which is the greatest gift I think anyone can ever receive is just being okay in the moment as you're in that upward progress, that upward trajectory. Right. You have to realize too that in the beginning, you'll have this need to connect with everyone on this one-to-one -one level from that limiting belief that, well, they reached out, I need to connect, I need to serve them and somehow I need to help them or whatever it is. And then you'll say, okay, there's a lot of the same questions. So I would post the answers to all these questions and they could go. And so the questions started coming in less. Mm -hmm. Even though the podcast listenership skyrocketed, the questions came in less because they had access to all these other questions and to the Joshua Livas questions that somehow seemed to answer people's questions at the moment anyway. Yes. So it did it by itself. I didn't have to figure out anything. It just made, this just was, and what I was able to do is when the questions came in that I couldn't get to, I was allowed myself to feel comfortable not answering every question. It worked out in a perfect way that I didn't have to figure it out. The universe figured that out for me. I love it. Yeah. I, I look forward to getting to that point. I know there's, it's only a matter of time. And it's also interesting to hear you say, like, you know, how you find ways of putting out the content. I'm already compiling certain like questions. And even though I am replying to those people, I'm also keeping it on the side because I'm going to make YouTube videos about it. 
Right. So I know I'm going to evolve to a point where the same questions will come in. I'll send them to the video where I break everything down for 10 minutes and really solve their problem in that way. Yes. So I'm already evolving. So it's so cool to hear someone like you who's further along on that part of the journey, kind of as an affirmation, like, wow, I, I already see the path and I already know I'm going along the right way. Well, you know, what's we're, I'm not further along. I'm just not, we're all equal, right? Mm. And it, when you come to this realization that we're all equal and we're all doing our unique thing and our audience doesn't need to be mine or yours, they can flow back and forth through everyone. And this is the thing where you, you, know, you start out with that old approach where you have this audience and you need to be their leader. And then you realize, no, no, that idea of leadership is not pertinent anymore because essentially what we're doing is guiding people to make their own choices and decisions based on, on their own internal compass. That's their inner self that will guide them. Mm. We, what, what's a very obvious example is that really since Kennedy died, the, presidents that came after that person were one blunder after another one one way to look at it and say here's a guy I put on a pedestal to lead me and to make the choices for me and realize he doesn't know any more than i do hmm. and that's that's coming through in in the presidents we've had in kundalini leader bikram all these guys who have been trying to prop themselves up as these leaders where essentially what is happening through the law of attraction is everyone is finding this information so that they can be brought to this inner knowing that they're the leader of their destiny. They're the creator yes. of their reality. And this book shows up to help them do that. This podcast shows them to help them do that. And that the more they can be seen other examples of this. So if you look at law of attraction, say 10 years ago, it was like fringe craziness. Mm. Who's going to believe in this stuff? Uh, and now it's, there's so many voices out there saying the same thing using different words that people are like, okay, well, if Joshua's saying it, Abraham's saying it, you know, uh, David Strickle's saying it, this book is saying it, all these other things. And then those who are saying it are also living it, which didn't really happen in the past is now happening now where we are realizing that all we're doing here is showing everyone that there is another reality here and you don't have to abide by what society thought was real in the past that you can come to your own conclusions. Mm. Now, if you look at your own life, how old are you? I'm 42. Which is, which is um, I've been talking about this for a while. I was 50 when I started uh, this and life really works in seven year increments. So you're at the beginning of another seven year increment for your, for your life. Mm -hmm. You can look at the last seven years and see where you were in 35 to 41, right? And now you're 42 starting a whole nother thing. Um, but if you look back at your life, haven't you always been a teacher? Yes. And you just didn't really <laughs> realize it until you get to this. Yeah. And so if, what, one, one of the things that we do a lot is you just go through your history and all the things that happened in your childhood and the beliefs that you adopted and the things you were interested in and the talents that you had that you didn't know you had. Like, <laughs> I've always had this lisp 
And the last thing I ever thought I would be doing is speaking, you know, Mm. because, and I used to hate my voice. And when I realized that the the speaking was one of my, turns out to be one of my gifts. In fact, I couldn't even speak that long before before I get a dry throat. Now I can, I speak all day long is what I do. That talent that was always there now that I'm using it in my soul's purpose and who I truly am comes to the forefront. And then people say, Oh my God, your voice is what I resonated with from the beginning. You know, the way that you're able to speak, I saw immediately that you had this talent that I think is just amazing. How long does it take to make your videos? Oh, thank you for the compliment. Um, well, I mean, it, it, I, I film for about a half hour and, you know, I'll, I'll stutter and, and mess up like anyone else. And then it'll take me like five hours to whittle that half hour to like 10 or 12 minutes. Oh, really? Editing. Yeah. <laughs> editing. Yeah. No, it's great. Really good stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah. So do you, what were you doing before you wrote the book? Oh, I mean, I've, I've been a teacher in, in many different ways. I used to teach people how to use software. Yeah. I used to teach um, SAT prep for students. Right. Like I've been a teacher in many different capacities before I ever went down this specific road. Yeah. Now also what made you, I mean, you must've always had this interest in self-development. Like I did as well. I was really into yeah. Tony Robbins and motivational stuff all the, in my career earlier, you know, and that's in this personal development, the law of attraction fits in it so well, because really that is the answer to all of this Yeah, is we think that there's something that we could, that could be enhanced in our lives. And so we're guided, 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 guided. We see this idea of law of attraction and we say, okay, this is something that I can use. And then in that using of the law of attraction, you realize it's all about coming to understand that you're worthy of this life that you desire, that your limiting beliefs are not true, that there are no true problems, that there's just the illusion of these problems. And by, by giving to the universe in a new, in a new way, appreciation rather than complaining, you know, gratefulness rather than suffering that that's what enhances it. You don't have to actually change anything at all. It just comes to this realization that the spectacularness, is that a word, of what life could be doesn't depend on you changing who you are. It depends on how you interact with your reality. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I th- And I think it really is a thing where people until people go through it they, they've got to take it on faith because once they go through it they're given a brand new perspective that money cannot buy it is one of those things where if you if you finally find that way of just you know leaning into it and embracing and just just letting go i hate the term letting go because it's a loaded term and people don't understand what it means but it's like really just you know allowing yourself giving yourself permission judgment free to be who you are, to embrace a better version of reality that's always been there the whole time, like that home run that you hit that you didn't realize that you hit. It's always there. And I think it's, I I always love when I hear from somebody or when I talk to someone like you that sorted it out because it's just a wonderful, you know, reminder that there's people all over the world that are growing into that position, into that new perspective and that in turn is influencing other people and encouraging and inviting other people to do the same thing. I think it's a wonderful thing as like 
more and more of us are popping up, like you were talking about, more people talking about the law of attraction that have been through that experience and then can articulate it from a place of true insight and true understanding, which therefore adds power not only to their words, but to the combination of words that then connects with the people listening. It's yeah. this wonderful web and spiral of, of growth and momentum that's hard to put into words, believe it or not. Yeah, it's true. And the way that you're able to articulate it is different than how I'm able to articulate it. And so you give a nuanced uh, explanation of it from a perspective that you went through yes. that other people who are in the same situation go through. So I've noticed that those who are coming up and who are learning to teach have to realize that whatever they went through has enabled them to teach how they went through it. And so whether that was, you know, in my case, it was losing money, failure, that sort of thing, trying to, trying to promote myself as worthy and trying to be this normal guy. And then I come to realize I'm not a normal guy. I'm a channel. That's as weird as you can get. And then I have to be comfortable with that, which took me, five years to do it, but it was five years before I posted anything about Joshua on my personal Facebook page, right? Mm. I had to come out to my friends and family that I'm a channel now, but that was my superpower. And somehow I uh, was vulnerable enough or let go enough to play with it because it was interesting to me. Yeah. Even though it was weird, it was, and I'm like the last guy in the world to do something weird. This was, interesting enough that I could do it with this fringe group of followers who were also weird, you know, and they could accept it. And then I finally accepted myself for who I am. And that's when everything became highly effective in everything I do. You know? Yeah. So, so if I'm hearing you right, like for a little while there, I mean, you were engaging with people, but they were strangers. So there was a, a safety, um, you know, there's a, there's a zone of safety where you can do it and, and really embrace Joshua in that way as you built your way to finally saying, listen, people, my family are going to accept that whether they like it or not, like now it's time to, to put that out there on a higher level. hundred percent. And I was always playing it safe. You know, the ego is, it was always doubt the whole way through. Uh, it just got less and less and less. And through the experiences of all the different things that the universe set me up in, one of the first things that happened was I wrote the first book, which took half an hour a day for 56 days. It's a 300 page book. The day after that book was finished, the next book started also 300 pages, also 56 days, half an hour a day. I get to my office, I meditate, go to the office in my house, just let whatever came out came, comes out. It was two fully formed books that just came through. Not mm. me at all, right? So I didn't have to attach my worth to it. But then I sent one to Jules Johnson, who has the Law of Attraction Radio Network, she books me as a speaker on the Law of Attraction cruise with Pam Grout. Pam Grout wrote E Squared, which at the time was yep. this $5 million book. So I get on this Law of Attraction cruise with me and her and four or five other Law of Attraction speakers. There were 60 or so people on that cruise to be part of this group, and 50 of them came from me, right? And I'm like, how is this possible? This is just such a weird thing. I thought maybe no one would come for me. And people came from Australia and everything. And so that experience gave me more confidence and more faith that I was on a true path. And I got to see Pam Grout, who wasn't 
in. She, she didn't buy into this. She didn't understand it. She did it because she was a travel writer and she wanted to make a successful book. And that was her only goal. And she did it, but she didn't understand the true mechanism behind it. Interesting. Yeah. And so in that she had no real followers because there was nothing to follow. Her book was a brilliant uh, piece that brought people to a, a level of awareness, but they couldn't follow her because she wasn't interested. She was just doing something to, you know, have an accomplishment, a, a New York Times bestselling book, which was her dream to have. Mm. And then when I interacted with her, it was, it was shocking to see that she didn't really know what she was talking about. You know, she was just taking stuff from other things, compiling it in a sexy way that got what she wanted. Nothing wrong with that at all, but it came, gave me the understanding that we're onto something even deeper here. Mm. And that made it even more exciting so that it encouraged me to have my own cruises and my own workshops. And, and then I had to figure out, realize that, hold on, hold on. This is never about me being the leader. It's only about me with everyone else going through the stuff. And I offer whatever insights that I personally have, but that essentially everyone's going to come to their own conclusions in this and then be led on their journey. And that is equal to everyone else. So I really see that humanity is coming from this perspective that they are followers and the followers need a leader to know everyone is a leader and they just have to realize that within themselves. Hmm. And that's what the spiritual awakening is all about. And this information is helping them to get to that understanding at their own speed. It's, it's such a loaded word, but I, I kind of ascribe to the understanding that everyone can and should be their own guru. Right. Like they, exactly they're right. basically in the driver's seat. And um, that doesn't mean that you can't learn from someone else, but it means that you're learning from them with the understanding of, hey, I'm still the captain of the ship. Yes. I'm going to receive this information however works best for me. Um, I'm going to ask them questions and, and invite a response, but ultimately it's my own gut and my own knowing that I'm going to really honor through the process. And yeah. I, I look forward to days where more people will do that and really make that decision. They like, I am my own guru. I know that me personally, yep. that's been my perspective for quite a while, but it wasn't always that way. And I have the gift of knowing what it's like to look to someone else for an answer. And then what's, what's like to find the answer within myself. So it's a wonderful gift to be able to have both perspectives and be able to hopefully articulate it to other people as they're going in that same direction on their own journey. Yeah. You know, in the eighties, when I was first starting in real estate, we would go to all of these motivational seminars and the Zig Ziglers of the world would come up there. Not so much him, but there's a lot of other ones who would be like, I have the answers for you. Follow what I do and you will be successful. And of course, no one was successful because you can't follow anyone else. You have to go on your own journey. Um, and the, the person that I see now who knew, knew this thing about leadership going in is Tony Robbins. He was coming from this place where, hey, I don't have any credentials. I'm as fucked up as you are. I tried to figure this out because I couldn't figure it out, you know, and I'm just going to show you that the fear is the thing that's blocking you. 
Mm. And that fear is based on these limiting beliefs. If you can address those limiting beliefs and push past that fear, you will have this clarity to know that the limiting beliefs were never anything other than just limiting, not never true. And so here's a guy who's now come to the forefront and is really powerful in that, but yet he's not too over the top braggadocious or any of that stuff. He's just a guy and he's having some really good podcasts, uh, really good interviews. Uh, he did one with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is this spiritual guru that I see now too. This, this, <laughs> this coming up, coming to this awareness that he was trying to fulfill his broken missing stuff. He's in a, you know, in, in a home for boys was, you know, had no worthiness meets a customato goes through that, that whole experience of fighting to prove himself worthy, not working out. I mean, it, you know, a lot of disaster in his life. And then now coming to this, coming to this sense of clarity of who he is as unique. Mm. And if you hear a lot of him speaking now, it's very spiritual and very about um, doing anything for others. You know, yeah. you can't keep filling up yourself because there's nothing that could needs to be filled there. It has to be about facing out and, and doing something for something bigger than yourself. Yeah, I vaguely remember, I, I think I heard him um, in a Joe Rogan interview, mm -hmm. and I remember noticing, you know, like kind of what you're talking about, uh, you know, this, this new level of, of presence, but there's also a new, a new level of certainty and confidence in, like, I've finally found that it's, you know, it can be about others, and I am worthy, and like, he just basically, he didn't even say those words, but it was just through the words that he did choose and through the way he carried himself, through the way he, even the cadence in his voice, it was very clear that he was at this place or is at this place of peace that you did not hear when, you know, when he's 20 years old and he's right. telling you like, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face or whatever it might be. And, yes, you know, exactly. I think that stage served him at that point in time, but now he's on a new stage. Yeah, his last interview with Joe Rogan was there was a lot of, points where he was talking about the spiritual aspect of his life and Joe just glossed over that just didn't want to talk about that it was really interesting just wanted to say wanted to talk about the fighting and that sort of thing and he and um he was really saying that this this new fight he's coming back and fighting at 50 something 50 something years old getting back into shape but the whole thing is for charity, you know, and he's doing it for that, for something bigger than himself. Yeah. Um, I guess you have to understand if you're going to look, listen, I listen to everything like this from this perspective of spirituality. Where are people coming from? My good friend of mine just broke up with his long-term business partner. His business partner actually just dumped him. And I have been telling my friend that you don't need this guy. This guy is nothing but an anchor on you. He is perceiving himself as a victim. And Bruce is such a great guy and he's always propping up and loves, loves this guy. But Bruce was there to save this guy from himself, right? Mm. And that was what Bruce got out of it. But Bruce didn't really see it. And I'm, and I'm like, if you, and I'm saying not the word victim as bad, but just that he was, he was trying to get stuff for himself, trying to fulfill himself up, 
everything he was doing was for him. He was never thinking about Bruce or anyone else. And this guy was going through one chaos, one tragedy after another. Bruce saving him, saving the day, coming in, and finally the guy quit Bruce, you know, hmm. which is funny. And I'm saying, now you're free. You're free to be you. You don't have to keep saving people. You can give at this higher level. You're good enough to do this. And he, I think, has finally gotten that idea. Yeah. yeah. He could take the same intentionality and serve himself. The same care and devotion and focus that to himself, which, again, will enable him to help others through that, through that, right. you know, again, putting, you know, you put the, the you put the uh, mask on your own face in the airplane before anyone else. Right. Because and the thing is, it's an incomplete thing. They say you put the mask on your own face before anyone else. It's like, oh, you put the mask on your face and then you put it on as many other people as you can, because now you're breathing. Right. Now you're able to put it on all those people. Just do it after yourself first, because then you'll be filled up and you'll really be coming from a position where you can help and serve others in a much higher way. This is a perfect analogy because if you're putting them on everyone else before yourself, you're, you are trying to be this martyr, this mm. I'm sacrificing for me to give to you, but you're actually doing it to get appreciation and admiration back from them and it never works because they see through that so you have to come to this level of worthiness by whatever means possible to realize that that you have everything you need you're good enough to do whatever you're inspired to do and then to move in the direction of pushing past fear to act on inspiration that will serve whatever it is bigger than you facing fear the whole way and doubt the whole way and the ego the whole way saying, who do you think you are to do this? Who, what makes you think that you can help others? You know, even what makes you think you're worthy enough to speak or to make a video or to have a podcast or to write an article or to even leave a comment uplifting someone else. You have to come to your sense of worthiness before that. Um, and then as you do that, the doubt, will always be there, but it'll start to be less intense as you go forward. Yeah, you, you have to not be scared to confront uncertainty because, you know, you hit a level of certainty and that's fine, but then if you got to go up another level, there's more uncertainty waiting at that higher plane. And it almost becomes a thing where it's like, listen, the uncertainty isn't um, something, it isn't an obstacle in the process. It's it's a it's a it's basically you know gas on the on the fire that's going to propel me even more i'm using the uncertainty to my advantage 100 percent. i just read a facebook post about this this river travels this whole journey down from the mountains through the villages through the fields and finally comes to the mouth of the ocean and as the river's looking at the ocean it's in absolute terror of losing itself only to become the ocean. <laughs> and that's true. We're like, okay, we're going on this journey. We're understanding who we are more. We're realizing more and more that we are whole, that we're worthy. We're doing what we're inspired to do. And that every time we're inspired to do something, it's facing some fear of the unknown. And, and truly, if you can get good at just pushing past a little fear, then you then you raise your vibration, you expand to this new level, and you're ready for more. So there's two ways to approach life. One is 
I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to try and, you know, live comfortably and go to work and not be too much. But in that life, it's, it's a life consumed by fear. You are just never going to feel good. You're never going to feel satisfied. You're always going to feel unworthy. You might feel safe, but that's not a true safety at all. You're not true security. And you have this underlying force that's calling you to something more than that. Yeah. The other approach to life is saying, okay, I'm going to accept that I'm worthy and whole and good, and I'm going to receive inspiration. I'm going to make it my main topic in life to feel good and to be in this alignment and then to receive the inspiration and push past fear. So every time you're inspired to do anything, fear is going to pop up every single time. It doesn't matter if you're going to call your mother, go to the grocery store, go out to lunch or build a business. You're going to have fear pop up and you're either going to succumb to the fear or push past the fear. Well, if you realize you're the creator of your reality, you will simply do what you need to do to push past that fear. And tomorrow you'll have new inspiration. You'll have to push past fear again. So there's no way to get rid of the fear. It's how we embrace the fear or look at the fear and mm. say, it's, it's not real. It's just limiting. The universe is sort of testing me. Am I willing to go to another level? Well, if that's true, you'll push past the fear yeah. and then you'll get to that next level. You know, I think it's interesting, you know, we'll take professional sports. We'll take uh, football as an example. You know, you play the, the first game of the season and then you're done. Then wait two rolls around and all of a sudden across the field from you is another team. You don't go, oh, not another one. You're like, no, no, I love this game. I'm being paid to play it. I'm a, I'm a rock star. I'm taking care of my family. And also when you make the playoffs, you don't go, I don't want this higher level of competition. You go, this is what I'm in for because I'm going after the Super Bowl. I think, you know, there's, it's very easy for someone to look at the fear and uncertainty and focus on that instead of saying, no, this is the point. The point is to take it to the next level, to make the playoffs, to make the championships, to make the Super Bowl, to be a champion. And then not only to quit after that, but to repeat and then three-peat and keep going year after year after year right. to be Something a dynasty. New. Yeah. Um, well, you know, a lot of times we don't understand what the fear is. So yes. for instance, you might get inspiration to call your mother and you say, oh, she might bring up something that's going to be annoying or she might not want to talk or she might be busy or I can do it tomorrow. So, th so when you say I could do this tomorrow, that's succumbing to fear because you are inspired in this moment. The timing's divine and the space time aspect of physical reality is that you always have tomorrow in your mind, but mm. that is just succumbing to fear using yeah. that as an, as an example. So the fear is really subtle most of the time. Yeah. Yes. And it's so subtle that you don't even under, sometimes you don't even know that it's fear. All you know exactly. is that something is holding you. It's like, it's like a weight. It's almost like a rope is tied to you. And it's, it's, it's holding on to something in the back and you can't like move forward. It's a very weird thing. And it becomes important to identify it and to have a recognition of, oh, it's just fear, it's just the ego. And really like, what's the worst that could happen? If I make this call right now, am I really worried about something? Is there really something bad? And if it is, maybe I've got to look closer and kind of resolve that and make sure I'm good with it because all, all signs point to there's nothing really wrong here. Why wouldn't I make that phone call? Yeah, we call it, it's either rational fear, meaning that the object of your fear 
can kill you or do you physical harm. And everything else is irrational fear. It can't kill you. So mm. go ahead and do it. We, we had a big event here. And one of the things that we were doing is having this uh, wonderful woman, Genevieve, does breath work. So we have a studio in the backyard, 20 or so people can, can lie down and you do this thing where you, they, they have this fantastic music. We have an awesome sound system there. And you do this rhythmic breathing. Close your, you have a blindfold on, you're laying down and you're breathing for an hour, right? Wow. And so my friend was here and I said, we're gonna do breath session now. And he's like, ah, I don't think I wanna do that. And I said, don't let your ego stop you. And he goes, all right, I'm doing it. And, he, and what happens is in about a minute, you start to have an almost psychedelic experience where you're taken on this journey, this vision of different perspectives for you. And some people will laugh, some people will cry, some people will scream, it's really amazing. Mm. Um, you get this, these really intense, just like you were doing a psychedelic drug, um, visuals that show you something. And for him, he had these really big traumas that came up. And in fact, my friend Christy was laying right next to him and Christy had to get up and throw up for him. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah, she's like, she was there enjoying it and having these good things. And she never, her big thing in her whole life is never throwing up. And she gets there, she threw up and she was fine, comes back down. And uh, it was for what he was going through because he couldn't do that. He was, interesting. She was purging. But he had afterwards, he said it was the most profound experience of his entire life. And he would say he can't imagine not having that experience. And all it was with his little ego saying, you don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's funny the things that we get to enjoy when we just one step further, just one yeah. extra step. Yeah. Really. That's where all the magic happens, that one yeah. extra step. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when did you, when did you publish the book? So, um, I'm not sure when you're publishing this, but it's, it's almost a year. Like it, it, um, it published on November 24th, 2019. What's your year been like since then? Amazing. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like anyone else, I mean, you're an author, you want good reviews. I wanted to hit like, you know, a hundred reviews. Yeah. I, I didn't like, I didn't want to get, I didn't think I'd be close to 900 at this point. Right. I, and I wanted sales, but I wasn't expecting tens of thousands of, co of copies or anything. I, I just wanted to make a dent in the universe as cliche yeah. as that sounds. Yeah. I, I didn't expect things to unfold the way they have. And I think for me, I've fortunately just been open to the whole thing. I'm just like going, none of this is a rush. I'm not in a rush for any of this. Most days I don't feel pressure. I mean, some days if, um, you know, if sales dip, I, you know, I go back into like human mode. I'm like, Hey, what's <laughs> this about? But yep. then I quickly get over it and then sales go back up again. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like an opportunity to kind of like still examine my own nonsense, but by the same token, it's, it's been really surreal, really amazing and something I never expected, but um, fortunately, like I don't shy away from it. My, my attitude is if I can help people, cool. If they care about me as an author, cool. But if they care about the book, cool. If the book is just any kind of excuse for them to go on their own journey, um, I'm a happy camper. Well, so that's what it is. Surreal, it's, but I don't have any fixed attachments to it. 100%. It's their excuse to, to go on either to start their journey 
or another step on their journey. Yeah. And they're guided to it. And you somehow were guided to me. And so this is, so this is opening it up for a bunch of other people. And this might be another step on their journey as well. But this is our part, this experience that we're having right now would never have happened if you hadn't written the book. Yeah. So all the things like this that are not just for everyone else, but for you as well, you're on your journey and you're going along gracefully pushing past fear all the time. I mean, when I go on someone else's podcast, it's like some people I totally connect to and we have this amazing conversation and other people that are just phoning it in, right? Mm. And it's like struggling with these people, you know, and that sort of thing. And in each conversation, I get to see how I'm showing up in those areas, how I'm judging, how I'm being open, how I'm going with the flow, how I'm connecting, what I'm trying to get out of the conversation, like this attachment to some outcome, or if I'm just in the joy and pleasure of doing it. But I have to push past fear at every single one of them. You know, wow. I could, you know, be doing something else now. You know, I could, what is this, you know, ego saying, this isn't going to turn into anything, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, no, you have to trust that this is showing up, that you can go with the flow of it. And that if you don't go with the flow, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But get back into it and realize that the universe through the law of attraction is working all these things out, not just for you, but for everyone else who will ever come in contact with you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost as if we were destined to meet and have this podcast before the book was even written. Yeah. Well, even before you decided to come out to, to everyone saying I'm, I'm a channel. Yeah. It's like all these different pieces and I I couldn't agree more. I think it's, I think it's cool that the independent decisions that we've made have not only led to this moment, but have led to prior moments and will also lead to future moments in so many different scattered ways in this amazing web of abundance. That's, that's the way I kind of, I view it as like this big web, just giant expanding web of abundance that like, there's like connections that are lighting up all the time in all different ways and all different combinations. Yeah. And I, you know, when I saw you on the video, I said, you lit up for me. I said, this is someone who is real. Mm. This is someone that I've been waiting for my whole life that could come to me at this moment. And that, that, that because I got to wherever my vibration is, you showed up and I'm seeing this all day long, every day. These certain people are showing up that are lighting up and are on the same vibrational path as I am. When I got the email from your publisher or the person who works for you, um, immediately my ego's like, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And I go, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm doing it, everything I'm doing. I'm saying yes to everything, right? This shows up, it's not an accident. It's the right timing, I'm doing it. And then we have this, amazing conversation and it goes on to whatever it is it doesn't matter and then we both stay connected go on to the next thing whatever it is but we have this interaction which is a co-creation that will last forever yes in the annals yeah that's so cool gary thank you for being that person's like oh the ego doesn't want to do this i'm doing it i think (laughs) 
what a what a wonderful example for everyone who ever listens to this episode to hear regardless and i think even if this wasn't i mean i'm i believe this was a really great conversation but even if it wasn't i love the fact that you just did like no ego you're saying no i'm doing this i'm moving forward and i'm going towards abundance i'm going towards inspiration i'm going towards light i i love hearing that that's awesome i'm almost happy to hear that you did that instead of loving it right away you know <laughs> yeah well you know there's the the ego might say okay i love this i gotta like okay imagine that you're j-lo and want to come on there, right? Mm. I'm like, yeah, I get to talk to JLo. Well, that's ego too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? And and then I and then I get attached to what that could mean and all that bullshit. And then I show up being, you know, attached to some agenda and in fear of being able to talk or what she thinks of me. And then it doesn't flow. I can't get into the flow because I'm in, in fear mode, right? And mm -hmm. so I'll stutter and have to, you know, grasp or have to keep notes, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And you'll notice in this conversation, we've never met before. I did a little bit of research, but I didn't have any notes. And we've had this great flowing conversation now that's lasted over an hour that I think is at the higher level than probably many, many conversations I've ever had in the past, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, how the old days was, you would go to a TV show, you would try to be funny, you would talk, and everyone had their own agenda. It was mm -hmm. never real. Now we can have this conversation as long as we want, talk about whatever we want, have no care what anyone thinks about us, have no one else giving us any notes. We're actually just flowing intelligence through us. And that's why there's no gap, and it's interesting. Yes. Yep. I love that perspective. Oh, I love that. Really enjoying this conversation, Gary. This is so cool. Okay. So what's the purpose of the law of attraction? Ooh, wow. I mean, I only, so I see that I can give you the purpose of why we would engage with the law of attraction. I mean, the law of attraction is not even the purpose. It's just, in my opinion, is. Law right. of attraction is that the, which by, the way by which we're all binded together and attracting energetically through through, um, you know, physical outcomes, but the purpose of, you know, taking on this as a modality and, and using it with intentionality is really to, to raise a level of consciousness for yourself and others so that you enjoy your life experience and create more of an invitation for others to also enjoy their life experience. So then if we're always using the law of attraction and mm -hmm. that we've always used it when we've attracted things that we didn't want, if the law of attraction is based in love as if everything's based in love and physical reality in the universe, the law of attraction bringing you something you didn't want has to be for you, hmm. right? So the law of attraction brought along the breakup with your girlfriend and the loss of your business. Right. Do you see that as beneficial? Um, I, yes, but I don't see that. I didn't see it as enjoyable, but I do see how my growing perspective invited how beneficial it was like it is beneficial but i think that many times people um you know by hook or by crook can't really see how it can be beneficial and it holds them back so it was but it certainly wasn't enjoyable okay but that not being enjoyable was from a limited perspective where you thought something wrong was happening correct so Definitely. we call that a manifestation event mm -hmm. 
something happens, you feel negative emotion. And from your limited perspective, you say that thing should never have happened. Mm. Okay. And you then maybe act on urges to try and control what is happening it's because you think it's wrong. But now after several years has passed, you look back on that event and imagine if you didn't lose that business and if you didn't lose that girlfriend, hmm. right? I would be very unhappy, most likely. <laughs> right. So this was a beneficial event. Yes. And if you had the information, you wouldn't have suffered through it. Right. So all there was was a lack of information. And the time that's gone by now has filled in that lack of information. So you look back at it and you see it as a good thing instead of a bad thing. Well, mm. we can do that now by realizing that when, when obstacles come in our path, we don't have to take them personally or be wrapped up in what it means about us. We can say, oh, okay, something's happening here to show me a limiting belief. I didn't realize I had that limiting belief, but for me to become a vibrational match to the version of my life that I truly want, I'm gonna to have to go through a series of experiences that change my belief system. If you have that approach, then when something pops up, you can look at it from this higher perspective going, this is for me to highlight my limiting belief. What's the limiting belief here? And instead of acting on urges to change the conditions, you look at that limiting belief. What happens is when something we think bad happens, we dip down into a lower state of being into this stream of consciousness of fear. We pull up an urge to change a condition. So imagine you get angry, you pull up an urge to punch the wall. So mm. you punch the wall, you break your hand, you put a hole in the wall that does no good for anyone. It's counterproductive to what you want. Instead, you say, why does this make me angry? Oh, because I have this limiting belief that things should be different than they are, that that person should be different than they are, that I should be in a different place, that things are, you know, whatever it is. Rather than trying to change the conditions, I'm going to work on that limiting belief and then make that limiting belief less intense by proving it's not true. Hmm. In that, we change our overall set of beliefs from limiting to empowering, and that's what what happens what allows us to elevate to a vibrational frequency of what we truly want. Yeah. So the law of attraction will say, you might say, okay, I want an apple. So the apple has a certain vibration wherever it is. Do you, do you buy into this vibration idea? Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. The, the apple's never going to change its vibration to match you. You have to change your vibration to match the apple. So you say, okay, I want an apple. Then an idea comes to you go to the store and get an apple. At the same time, the fear is like, I don't want to get out of off the couch. I don't want to drive in the car. I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to pay for it, right? But if you want the apple enough, you'll, you'll act on all these inspired ideas and eventually you'll raise your vibration to come to match the apple. A lot of people in law of attraction think, I'm just going to think about the apple and the apple's going to appear. Hmm. That is not how it works. You think about the apple and then you'll attract inspired ideas that will lead you on a path, on a journey to raise your vibration, to become a vibrational match to the apple. Yes. Right. So had, did you watch, there's a new law of attraction movie. It's like the, something beyond the secret. 
And uh, I haven't seen that. I've I've only seen the secret and what the bleep do we know? I haven't seen any other uh, law of attraction based stuff. Yeah, it's the same guys who are in the secret, and they make this new one. They said the secret was great, but what they left out of the secret from you know the secret was the law of attraction. What they left out was the action part of law of attraction. You know, mm. and so a lot of people get into the secret and they start thinking positive and they start you know wishing for things, and how come they're not coming true, right? And then, and then they boohoo the whole idea of law of attraction. It's, it's, the law of attraction is about becoming a vibrational match to this thing that you think you want, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and in that, you'll have to take action along the way. And in taking the action, you'll have to push past fear. So it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at, at that, I think. Yeah. I know I kind of related to like, imagine somebody who, you know, they were, they were super fit in their twenties mm-hmm. and then they let themselves go in their thirties and now in their forties are like 50 pounds overweight. Yep. And it's like, you didn't get that way overnight and you're most likely not going to get back that way. And the cool thing about the law of attraction is there is space for through energy and action to kind of lose the weight overnight. There's that possibility but since in most cases it won't happen just because of your patterns of thought and momentum, you might as well be more embracing of the likelihood that it won't be instant. And through that acceptance, you're going to end up going faster anyway. But more importantly, you know, if you're 20 pounds overweight, you're going to be happier than 15 pounds, than 10 pounds and five pounds. You're not going to wait till you get back to 20 year old form to be happy. You're going to be happy right away because why not enjoy that process anyway? Why not utilize it to the best of your ability? And why not be happy as much as you can? So that's a really good point. What, we're, what we talk about is that absolutely you could shift your vibration from here to this other place and instantly manifest. But we have a belief system in place that doesn't allow for that. Mm-hmm. So we have to work with that belief system that we have now. If your intention is to lose the weight and say, once I've lost that 50 pounds, then I'll be, I'll feel good. Hmm. That will never happen. And you will never lose the weight. You have to say, I accept where I am now as perfect. I do not need anything other than what I have to feel good. I'm going to choose to feel good in the body that I have. And in that feeling good, you'll attract ideas that also feel good that will lead to a little bit less weight here, a little bit more acceptance, a little bit less weight, more acceptance, a little bit less weight or whatever it is, right? Yeah, and, and on the way, more energy, more enthusiasm, more happiness. Yes. You know, you'll, Yet, you'll get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just say you are 250 pounds. You lose 10 pounds by diet and exercise and you get to 240 and you feel good, right? And so feeling good now feels weird Hmm. because you felt good. You felt bad before and now you feel good. So if you feel good, you might, it might feel too good. And so you might say, Oh, I know I feel, this feels weird. It feels this good. I, maybe I'll have a cookie, you know, maybe I'll have (laughs) a beer, go back. Right. And the idea is that we have to build that muscle of feeling good too. Yeah. And there's a lot of energy in feeling good. And that energy is not what we're used to because it's a very high energy. And we're, we tend to be grounded to the lower energies of different things, different distractions. A lot of people will be distracted by TV or the news or gossip or 
alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or whatever it is, then they start feeling good and that feels weird. Mm. So we have to remind ourselves that it's okay, you know, to take this gradually. Yeah. And as you feel better and better, then these new things happen. It, it can become overwhelming if it goes too quick. It's, it's really cool to hear you uh, articulate in that way, because like what I believe hearing you say that it's, it's like basically um, a different explanation of like the ego. Cause you said, if like you feel good too much, it's almost unfamiliar. Like your ego is going to freak out. Like, wait a second. I know this is good, but it's also radically different. Something must be wrong. Right. And then, yeah, here, have this cookie. Yeah. Let's get you back in that old state. Let's give you the sugar rush. Let's give yeah. you whatever we need to get you back where you were that I'm used to and that I'm comfortable with, even if you're not comfortable. Yeah. We also have, every one of us has ability to focus. Yeah. Um, and that is another muscle, right? Where I can feel the urge to go have ice cream and realize it's just the urge to go into another vibration that's, that isn't going to make me feel good, right? It's that old vibration. And so I can say, no, 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 I choose to feel this higher vibration. And then that idea of the ice cream will leave until something else comes. So this this focus. And that what really, 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 really helped me in this is meditation. Mm. Do you meditate? Yes, but not, yeah. not the way most people would typically meditate. Yeah. How do yeah. you meditate? Well, so for me, because in the past, I've always been confronted with, for me in the past, it's like if there's, if there's noise, I'm distracted, it's ruined the meditation. Or if I'm not perfectly sitting, it's ruined the meditation. If, like, it's, if there's nothing perfect. So I've taken the approach of not worrying about noise, not worrying about how I'm sitting, just being in a comfortable place and breathing in, visualizing light coming in through my body, and breathing out and then expending that light and sharing it with everyone and everything around me. That's and brilliant. that's by my simple meditation. That's fantastic, yeah. Um, the, the problem that most people get into is that they believe meditation is an action to gain some benefit mm. rather than just a practice yes. to enjoy. Yes. I have, uh, there's a bunch of Joshua meditations and they're on Spotify and Amazon and stuff. And the Spotify, numbers for the abundance meditation are more than all the other meditations combined. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not interesting. People are going to use this to get money, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that anytime you try and control any of this stuff, it doesn't work. You can't control any of it. You have to let it flow. And that is a perfect example. But once you start meditating, get into the enjoyment of it, what happens is at first you have all these you know, chaotic thoughts that are coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. You practice a little bit of breathing and, and just noticing the thought and letting him go and noticing the next thought. And then, then you'll start to notice these positive thoughts come in, these interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was trying to get those out of the way too. You know, come on, this is all about not thinking anything. Get those out of the way. And then I realized, hey, wake up. This is where you want to go with meditation. You want to allow in this, this higher vibrational thought. And since then, I, you know, the, all, a lot of my inspiration really comes from that time of meditation, which is amazing ideas that come through. Wow. Perfect insight. It's like, listen, this is what I want. Sometimes we have what we want. We hit the home run and we didn't realize it. And I'm glad you get to enjoy the home run trot now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a journey. So do you have... Um, you have the book, do you have courses and other things that you do? 
Yeah. So I, like I have very few things right now. The, the number one thing I have is um, I have a 90 day program that basically I kind of, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm operating for my own space. I, I view the book as like the ultimate law of attraction workout with the techniques. And I have a 90 day program where it's as me, like as the personal trainer, walking people through it because I figured, and you don't need the program, by the way, if you could do the book on your own, go for it. But all I wanted was something by which people can use just to get the momentum of daily work with this. So yeah. I have a 90 day program called Gravity of the Cosmos. Um, I have a couple other gratitude things that I'm working on right now, but for the most part, it's the book, it's the 90 day course, it's the YouTube channel. And I keep focused on, on those parts specifically, just trying to add more and more content as I move forward. Fantastic. Well, how can everyone find you? Um, two, two easy links. You can go to uh, lastlawofattractionbook.com and that's going to auto forward you to the Amazon listing. So you can get it in either Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer audible. Um, or you can just go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. If you don't want to pull out your wallet, you can check out my free content. And um, I try to come up with interesting videos that just will entertain you, but will also just give you a good feeling on the way out and give you some good lessons to click on to. And were your parents um, humorous? Were um, they funny? No, my, my dad a little bit. Uh -huh. My mom, not so much. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know where I got my sense of humor, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a famous cartoon called Andy Cap. You know? uh, yes. <laughs> They're like, what do we name our son? How about Andy? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I remember di different spelling, but, but yeah. Different spelling, of course. Yeah. It was yeah. I don't think they were thinking about that, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting. I remember that. I remember that comic. And uh, when I was a kid, um, but yeah. And, you know, I hope people, whether, you know, whether they go to the book or the, the free YouTube content, really, I just hope that um, they enjoy it and they use it as an excuse uh, like any other good excuse, just to do something good for themselves, to feel gratitude and to have a, a more positive experience. Awesome. Okay. So, well, this is Andrew Cap with a K-A-P. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Well, Andrew, it's been awesome meeting you. I hope to do this again with you and connect more in the future. Thanks so much for being here and say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everyone. And thank you for an awesome conversation, Gary. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay, great. Oh.